Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Luke chapter 23. If you're there, can you say amen? Amen. We're reading about the crucifixion of Jesus and we're picking it up about halfway on his way to Calvary. And uh, here he is carrying a cross and on his way up to the hill called Calvary, Golgotha. Here we see in verse 32, if you can pick it up with me, it says, Two other men, both criminals, were also let out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the school, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was written a notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him and said, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked them and said, don't you fear God? Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for we are getting what we deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. It says, then Jesus, he turned to Jesus and said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him and said, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Verse 44, it says, it was now about noon and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. For the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice and said, Father, into your hand I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. Out of those couple verses, I want to speak to you tonight just for a few minutes if I can talk to you and then we'll have communion together as a family and worship Jesus one more time and get ready for Sunday. But tonight, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. I want to talk to you out of the topic, love at the cross. Love at the cross. I don't know what you see when you look at the cross, but I see love. I don't think there was death on the cross. I think there was love at the cross. Love at the cross. Come on, can we close our eyes, bow our head, and ask God to bless this time. Father, we just thank you for tonight. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for the sacrifice that Jesus did. Thank you for the sacrifice of our Savior as he went up Calvary's hill. And there as he was laid on the cross and nails put in through his wrist and through his feet, he was taking the price for humanity. We thank you tonight. Jesus, we pray that you may have your way, not just tonight, but tomorrow as we gather with our friends and family to celebrate community. And God, as we start off celebrations on Sunday at 9, 11, 1, and 6, we pray that you may have your way across this weekend. God, that we just want to make much of you, Jesus. We want to lift you up. You said that if we lift you up, you will draw men unto you. Jesus, you are the only way. We thank you for the grace. In Jesus' name, all God's people say Oh, come on, all God's people say amen, amen, amen. What do you see when you see the cross? I wonder what you see because perspective is a funny thing, isn't it? Perspective, it's it's a pretty funny thing. A couple of weeks ago, me and Diana were were in California. And uh, as we were driving around California, I looked off to the distance and, and there I saw a mountain. And on top of the mountain, it looked like snow was on top of the mountain. You know, it was a snow-capped mountain. 
And I turned to Diana and I said, look at that beautiful mountain. That's a beautiful mountain. I mean, look at this gorgeous mountain with snow at the top. And she looked at it and like all good wives, she's like, no, babe, you're wrong. <laughs> she said, that's not snow. That's a cloud. She said, that's a cloud. Babe, that's not snow. That's just a cloud. There is some mountains, but what you're looking at is just a cloud. Isn't it funny how two people can look at the same thing and have two different perspectives? And I was just wondering, I said, wow, it looked like such a beautiful mountain in my imagination. And uh, here she just burst my bubble saying it was a cloud. The next day we got on the plane and we were on our way home. And as soon as we took off out of LAX and we're in the air, I looked down. Right as soon as we took off, I looked down and I see the same mountain. And I see that it was snow on top of the mountain. And uh, I turned to the and I said, look, look out the window and she looks out the window and I said it was snow and obviously I was right because all men were always right in marriage can I get an amen I'm just kidding that was a bad bad place to cheer I'm just kidding I'm just kidding you just got in trouble tonight <laughs> but I was right and uh, how many know in marriage the men we have the last words amen yes honey whatever you want we'll do it and <laughs> I realized it wasn't snow, but what a crazy thing to have two different perspectives out of the same thing. And I was thinking about perspectives because I remember years ago, I started thinking about Good Friday and I started thinking, why do we call it Good Friday? I mean, I remember as a kid growing up, I, I had this idea in my mind that I'm like, just, I started wrestling with it. Why do we call it Good Friday? I mean, a Good Friday, a man was murdered on Good Friday and we call it Good Friday. Why do we call it Good Friday? I mean, think about it. Here was a man that was innocent. Here was a man that hadn't committed no crime. And all of a sudden, they started betraying him. They started torturing him. Here they started beating him. It says that they punched him and spit on him. Isn't it crazy that the same God that designed the hair that we have on our face, they plucked it out of his face. And here they're punching him and beating him. And all of a sudden, these horrible atrocities happen to him. And they take him up this hill and they lay him on a cross. And at the end of the day, they crucify him on a cross. It doesn't sound like a good Friday to me. It actually sounds like a horrible Friday. And we call this Good Friday. We call this Good Friday. Why do we call this good? And I started thinking about this and I said, because our perspective has to change because if we look a little bit closer, how many know that it wasn't just any man that was laid down on a cross? Oh, come on. It wasn't just another human being. It wasn't just another creation that came into the earth, but it was Jesus, the God man that had come down into earth because he loved humanity that much. The Bible says in John chapter one, that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. In verse 14, it says that the word came down and dwelt among them. It wasn't just that man it's a good Friday because it was God himself who put on human flesh and came down to save humanity what is our perspective it was Jesus coming down it was the God man that was being laid down on a cross wow we take a little bit closer it actually isn't bad news it actually is good news for us because we were sinners far away from God and here God came down to rescue us to save us to pick us up because he loved us that much it was a beautiful Friday actually if we look a little bit closer it just wasn't a bad Friday it was actually the greatest Friday because humanity was in need Humanity is another perspective that we can have. We can look at humanity and say, ah, humanity's okay, right? Like you go through social media and it looks like everybody's got it together. Some of you with a million selfies a day, we've seen you, we're not gonna judge you, we love you anyways, but yeah, it looks like humanity's doing all right. Isn't it funny on social media, everybody puts their highlights, nobody puts their lowlights. Life is good. 
All we see is smiles and families and good times, but how many know underneath it all, there's actually some broken hearts. There's actually some broken homes. There's actually a lot of pain in our world. There's a lot of people who have smiles on their faces, but tears in their pillow at night. There's a lot of people that have been through deceived. There's a lot of people that have been cheated on. A lot of people that have been abused. Actually, if we take a closer look at humanity, we see that a different perspective will show us that the earth is broken and humanity is broken and that we are in need. And if we take a closer look, we say that humanity actually looks a lot like this Friday because there was injustice. It was ungodly. It was not right. That's what's happening around the globe today. And when we look at humanity, we could say, wow, this looks like a very bad thing. But I think that that's what makes Good Friday all the better. Because how many know that out of the darkest moments come the greatest things that God can bring out? Oh, come on. Out of the, out of the biggest messes come the greatest messages. I want to tell you today that no matter how dark your Friday may look like, Sunday is coming and Friday is not the end. We have a Savior that did not stop on Friday, but he resurrected on Sunday. You may be living in a Friday type of world, but I'm going to tell you today, there's a God who wants to take you to Sunday. I don't know what your world looks like, but I know that humanity is living on Friday. Living with injustice, living with lying, with cheating, living under this immense pressure to try to keep up this life so everybody can pretend that they have it all together. And we're living in this Friday that does not look right. But I love it that God makes the greatest things out of the things that look disastrous. He makes beauty out of ashes. This is the God that we serve. And I actually think that Friday means a lot to us now because we realize that when we were at our worst, come on, God gave us his absolute best. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5 verses 6 through 8, you see at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely would anyone die for a righteous person, though a good person might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, come on. Even when we were far away, when we were at our absolute best, when we could do nothing to get to God, when we couldn't crawl to God, when we couldn't get near to God, how many know that God came out of heaven and came down to us? This is the God that we serve. That God came close to humanity. This actually is a good Friday. And we pick up the story where Jesus is on his way up to this, to this hill called Golgotha or the place of the school. And in Latin, that's where we get the word Calvary from. He's on his way up to Calvary, but if you think about it a little bit more, his torture actually started way before. I mean, come on, a couple days before he was trying to tell his disciples what was going to happen in his life. And he said, you don't understand, in a couple of days, I'm going to be betrayed. In a couple of days, I'm going to be tortured. In a couple of days, I'm actually laying down my life and I'm going into a grave. But don't you worry, three days later, I'm actually going to rise out of the grave. And the disciples, they didn't understand. They didn't, they didn't get it. Today's Friday night, but if you think about it, 24 hours before that, on a Thursday night, Jesus had gathered with his disciples and there he was having the Last Supper. And there they ate together, talked together. And all of a sudden a fight breaks out and they start arguing about who's the greatest. They don't understand. Jesus must have been stressed, frustrated. All of a sudden he does communion with them and he tries to tell them once again what's going to happen and they don't understand. And right then and there, Judas gets up. The one that was going to betray him leaves the room to go and betray his friend. He goes to this garden called Gethsemane. And there he's about to go through the biggest agony of his life. What does Good Friday mean to us? I want to tell you three things. I want you to write this down. Number one, at the cross, Jesus was rejected so that you would be accepted. Jesus was rejected at the cross so that you and I can be accepted. Can I get an amen? 
Here Jesus was on his way to Calvary, on his way up to a cross. And time and time again, he was feeling alone, frustrated, betrayed. The disciples didn't understand. One of his best friends is about to betray him. A guy that's walked with him for possibly three years is going to sell him for 30 pieces of silver. Rejection after rejection after betrayal. The Bible says that Jesus went through some frustrating moments and he ends up in the Garden of Gethsemane and there he asked three friends to go with him a little bit closer and to stay close to him and pray. He's going to go off just a short distance and pray and there he begins with anguish and agony to pray. Father, if it's your will, take this from me. But however the last thing, just nonetheless, let your will be done. And here Jesus is going through it. Here Jesus is in agony, is in pain. We see that Jesus is having a difficult moment. Luke chapter 22. This is what it says in the Garden of Gethsemane. It says, he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond him. He knelt down and he prayed. And it says, Father, if you're willing to take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Here, Jesus, this is actually a medical condition. They say that when you're so anxious and you're thinking about the pain that's coming ahead, your capillaries converse and you can start to sweat blood. Jesus was being betrayed and rejected all along. And if we thought that the Garden of Gethsemane was worse, all of a sudden he looks up and he sees a bunch of men with torches coming his way. And he sees one of his friends, Judas, that comes and kisses him on the cheek, betrays him. And all of a sudden he's arrested because they thought he was rallying a, 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 a rebellion against Rome. And so they take him, he's tried, and all of a sudden they just tell him they're going to crucify him. And he's up to Calvary, and he goes up on a cross, and he's laid on this cross. As nine-inch nails go through each wrist and through his feet, he's laid on that cross. And all of a sudden we see the worst form of rejection. We see that Jesus was actually forsaken by the Father at the cross. Look at Matthew chapter 27, verses 45 and on. It says, about three in the afternoon, Jesus, he cried out with a loud voice. And he said, Eli, Eli, lema sabachnia, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There Jesus was forsaken by the Father. Think about this. Jesus carrying the sins of the world on his shoulders. Your sins and my sins. He's carrying it on the cross. And there the Father has to turn away from the Son because he couldn't look and stand the sins of the world on his son. Can I tell you today that the cross is a reminder that because Jesus was rejected, you and I would never have to be rejected. That he had to turn away from the son so that he would never have to turn away from you. I don't know if you're ever feeling alone, if you're ever feeling rejected, if you're ever feeling confused, if you're ever feeling afraid, if you're ever feeling like God's not with you, all you have to do is look at the cross and the cross is a reminder that God the Father, oh my God, he can look down on you now because he turned on the son what was used as a symbol of death is now a symbol of hope for humanity that for a moment he had to turn away from his son so that he can never turn away from you I want to tell you today, it does not matter what you're going through in your life. It does not matter what you're up against. When you know that God is with you, nothing can stand against you all the days of your life. And if this is your first time hearing this, I'm going to tell you that there's a God in heaven who loves you. There's a God in heaven who sent his son to die for you. He gave his one and only son so that you may have life and life more abundantly. If you ever feeling, God, you must, you must not want nothing to do with me. God, you, you, you're probably mad at me. You're probably upset at me. He turned his face away from the son so that he would never have to turn his face away from you. He forsook his son for a moment so he would never forsake us. The Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 13. It actually says this. 
It says, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Today, I don't know what you're doing here in this place. I don't know what you're thinking about. I don't know if you believe in God or not, but I'm here to tell you he believes in you. He loves you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He's with you until the end of time. If we could put up Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16, it says this, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. Come on, isn't that good news today? Jesus, what he was feeling at the moment was that his father wasn't responding. At baptism, he heard his father's voice said, this is my son. In the transfiguration, he hears the father's voice that says, listen to him. But here on the cross, there is no voice from the father. And he had to stop and withhold his voice so that you and I today can hear his voice. In your toughest moment, in the most critical moment, in the broken moments of your life, you can pick up your head and hear the voice of heaven saying that he loves you, saying that he has a plan and a purpose from your life. Come on, is anybody grateful that we have the Father's voice? I don't know if it's the AC or I'm just sweating a lot. Pray for me. He forsook the Son so that he would never have to reject us. We're accepted in him. does not matter what you've been through in your life. He will never turn away from you. Today, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what sin you committed. It doesn't matter how full of shame you are. It doesn't, how much, doesn't matter how much guilt you're carrying on your shoulders. Jesus loves you and he paid a price for you. And the Father forsook the Son so he would never have to forsake us. Number two, write this down. At the cross, Jesus was accused so that you and I would be acquitted. At the cross, Jesus, he was accused so that you and I could be acquitted. Sin has a heavy price. Sin has a heavy price. And how many know that you and I are heavy spenders? Oh, come on. We, we've, we've taken the credit card limit of sin and we've gone over and above. Oh, come on. We've spent our whole life sinning, doing wrong. We've offended God. We've lied. We've cheated. We've stolen. We've had bad thoughts. All of us have sinned. And the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 6 that the wages of sin is death. Oh, we had a heavy price on our life. Because we took the credit of, of, of sin all the way to the max. Here we had a, a price that you and I had to pay. Here we were holding something that we owed. Isn't it the worst to owe something? I hate when they call me. Anybody hate when creditors call you? Say the truth, you just hang up on them. Ain't nobody trying to pay anything right now. We're still in a recession. Thank you, bye. <laughs> it's the worst to owe and we owed because of our sin. What were we going to do? We had a penalty against us. We owed it. What was going to be the answer? And all of a sudden, out of heaven, the Father sent His Son, Jesus. Isn't it awesome when you go to the ticket clinic or you go up to court and you have all these tickets against you and all of a sudden you stand before the judge and out of nowhere, you don't even know what happened. The judge says, oh, case dismissed. What? That is the best feeling in the world ever of all life. I want to tell you, you and I were guilty of sin. But because of the son, the father has stood up and said, case dismissed. You are free of sin. There's no longer a penalty because Jesus carried it all. Oh, he was accused so that you and I could be acquitted. He was accused so that you and I could be forgiven of our sin. Today, are you carrying around guilt of your sin? Are you carrying around saying, I'll never forget what I did. I'll never forget the things that I've done. I never forgot how, how I betrayed somebody, how I lied to somebody. I can tell you today that Jesus, he took, he took the accusation. Today, are you feeling accused? You know what the Bible says? That the devil, he's the accuser of the brethren. 
The devil, he'll love to come by and say, hey, you remember what you did? Hey, you remember how you failed, God? You remember how you did this thing and you did that thing? The devil always brings guilt. And he's trying to accuse you of something. At the cross, Jesus says, you know what? Put the guilt on me. Put the accusation on me. And because of Jesus, you and I could be set free. John chapter 19 says here that Jesus became the substitute for humanity. John chapter 19, verse 30. If we could put it up. If you don't have it, that's okay. But it says that Jesus became sin so that you and I wouldn't wouldn't have sin in our life. Here, the one that was righteous, the one that had no sin over his life, became sin so that you and I could be free. Isn't it beautiful? The one that was unrighteous, now we can be called righteous because of Jesus. The one who couldn't stand in front of the Father, now we can stand before him because of what Jesus did at the cross. What do you see when you look at the cross? I don't see death. I see love. I don't see a man that was killed. I see a Savior that was serving us. Oh, come on. When I look at the cross, I see life. What do you see when you look at the cross? I see love. I see a Savior that loved humanity so much. And he says, you can put the blame on me. Put the guilt on me. And let my children go free. What do you see when you look at the cross? He became the substitute for humanity. He paid the penalty for sin. There on the cross, he he took it on. Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. I don't know if we have that one. But it says, you were dead because of your sins. And because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. And it says, then God made you alive with Christ. For he forgave you of all your sins. He canceled the record of charges against us and he took it away by nailing it to the cross. I love that. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. I I don't know if you understand what this means, but the other day, a few of us, we were at a restaurant eating lunch and uh, we were very hungry, so we had ordered a lot of food (laughs) and uh, we were eating good. Anybody like to eat good? Can I get an amen? And uh, we had an awesome time. I had lunch. And we were discussing a couple things. And all of a sudden, when it came time to pay the bill, I remember the waiter, he came close to us and he said, hey, you don't have to worry about it. The bill's been taken care of. Wow. Anybody love a blessing like that? We were like, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, there was a gentleman earlier and he saw you guys and he took care of the bill. Wow, that's amazing. I was like, man, I should have ordered two desserts. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it was on me I, I'm cutting short but it was on somebody else let's order more two for 20 can I get an amen no 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 there's no more charges it's been taken care of you and I we had some charges against us our sin was heavy we've committed a lot of wrong though people know about it or not all of us come on if we're honest nobody knows ourselves the way we know ourselves we know we've done wrong we know we've thought wrong we know the things that we've done some of us are carrying around guilt and shame but I'm here you tell you today that Jesus says the charges have already been paid for you don't have to worry about the bill because at the cross Jesus says I got the bill don't you worry about it all you have to do is put your faith and your trust in me he got the charges and he said it is finished come on he took the accusation he paid the penalty for sin and then he said it is finished 
My God, I don't know what your life may look like today. I don't know if you're still in a whirlwind and you're still on a Friday, but I want to tell you today, it is finished. You don't have to live that way no more. It is finished. You don't have to be confused anymore. It is finished. Real love exists today. It is finished. There's a Savior named Jesus. It is finished. You don't have to be lost. It is finished. There's direction. It is finished. There's healing. It is finished. There's hope. It is finished. There's grace in Jesus. The search is over. Jesus said it's finished. What do you see when you look at the cross? I see love on the cross. John chapter 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whosoever believed in him will not die but have everlasting life. Verse 17 says he didn't send a savior to condemn the world. That makes no sense. Jesus didn't send a condemner, but he sent a savior to save the world. Today you can have salvation in Jesus if you recognize what the cross all represents. I want you to know that he was rejected so that you can be accepted. He was accused so that you can be acquitted. And number three, write this down. At the cross, Jesus took on death so that you and I can become alive. Come on, is anybody grateful for new life in Jesus? At the cross, he, he took on death. Here, the one that is the author and the finisher of life decided to taste death for you and for me. Oh, what a Savior we have. What a Savior we can think about when we look at that cross. It represents hope. It represents freedom. It represents life tonight. Oh, I mean... Think about it, the cross, we, we wear it on our necklace and we see it all over our city, but I wonder if next time you see it, you can say, wait, it's because of that cross that sin is no longer a master over me. It's because of that cross that now I have life, a life everlasting in Jesus Christ. It's because of the cross that we're alive today. Sin had a heavy price and the price was death. And Jesus said, I'll pay the price for death. Look what the Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verses 10 through 11. It says this, Romans chapter 6, verses 10 through 11. If we could put it up, it says, When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you should also consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. It says he, he became dead. He, he died for you and for me. And because he's alive, how many know that he didn't stay stuck on a cross on a Friday? He might have gone into a grave on a Saturday, but Sunday it's coming. And Sunday he came out of that grave. The stone had to be rolled away. And because Jesus is alive, you and I are alive. It says you become alive. In Christ Jesus. Love what that means for you and for me. What are you facing in your life? What are you up against? Are you feeling like it's the darkest moment of your life? Are you feeling like it's the end of the road? And everything's against you. I'm here to tell you that Good Friday really was a Good Friday. Because there's love on that cross. There he tasted death for humanity. But three days later, how many know he shook it off? John chapter 3 I know I said it but we could put it up one more time verses 16 through 17 for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have what? 
eternal life. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. If God wanted to condemn the world, he would have sent a condemner, but he wanted to save it, so he sent the savior. I love what Billy Graham says about the cross. If we can put up what Billy Graham says about the cross, he says, in the cross of Christ, I see three things. First, a description of the death of man's sin. Second, the overwhelming love of God. And third, the only way to salvation. What do you see when you see the cross? What do you see when you see the cross? What could have ended up as a horrible, disastrous Friday actually became a good Friday. Because humanity was lost, confused, and dead in sin. And because of what happened on that cross, we now have life, grace, and mercy in Jesus. I wonder if you know him tonight. I wonder if you have a relationship with this God who loves you. Who sent his one and only son to die for humanity. Today, it doesn't matter how you walked in here. Today, it doesn't matter how much in your life you've sinned. And how much you think you've offended God. The cross, let it represent that he was accused for you. Let it represent that he was rejected for you. And let it represent that he took death for you. With every eye closed and every head bowed. All across this auditorium. Maybe you walked in here tonight as a visitor. Maybe it was your first time, second time. Maybe you came in here searching, looking, or maybe somebody invited you and you're like, I don't even know what I'm doing in this place on a Friday night. But the truth is, you know you need God. You walked in here knowing that you've been following your own path, following your own directions, and it's led you nowhere. Tonight you recognize and realize that there's sin in your life. The Bible says all of us are sinners and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. You've sinned, I've sinned, we've all sinned against God. We've offended God. Sin means to miss the mark and you and I have missed the mark time and time again. God has a perfect standard and you and I can never reach that standard. That's what it means to sin and we've all sinned, we've all offended God. And when sin came to separate, Jesus came to make whole. The Bible says that sin takes us away from God, but Jesus came down so that we can have a relationship with God. On a light, on a light like tonight, we're thinking about the cross and we're thinking about the sacrifice of Jesus on that cross. We're thinking that the Savior of all humanity, here he laid down his life. It wasn't that they murdered him, it's that he willingly laid it down himself. Also that we can have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've been trying to find your own way. You've been trying to find your way through salvation. You've been trying to find your own path and you're like, maybe I'm good enough. Can I tell you today that none of us are good enough? We all fall short. Today, if you're in here and you're saying, Alex, I know there's sin in my life and I know I'm far from God. I'm feeling guilt and I'm feeling shame. And some of the people next to me have no idea some of the things I've done. I'm here to tell you today that God knows exactly what you've done, but he loves you still. It's no coincidence that you came into this place on a Friday night. It's not because somebody invited you. It's not just because you decided to come. It's because God himself brought you here to remind you that he loves you and that he has a plan and a purpose for your life. Today, where are you in your life? What, what do you see when you see the cross? Are you seeing a God that you've heard about? Are you seeing a God that you've read about? Or are you seeing a Savior that you can have a personal relationship with? It's a Savior who gave all of his heart and his love for you on that cross. 
The Bible says that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. While the church is praying, every eye closed, every head bowed, all across this auditorium, I'm going to ask the church to pray for a moment. And if you're here and you're saying, Alex, I need a relationship with God. I want to start brand new. I want to receive what Jesus did on that cross. I want to receive forgiveness. I want to start a relationship with the God who loves me. I want to tell you that tonight is your night. Maybe you're thinking, okay, this sounds great, but my life is too messed up. I'll go home and I'll get my life together this week and then I'll come back on Sunday or the following Sunday and then I'll start a relationship with God. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow it is promised to no man. Today, while the church is praying, every eye closed, every head bowed for privacy and concentration. If you're here tonight and you're saying, Alex, I need a relationship with God, I'm going to count to three. If you're here and you're saying, I need a relationship with God, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hand right where you're at, all over this place. I'm not going to put you on the spot. I'm not going to call you out. I just want to acknowledge you. I want to see you. And then you can put it right back down. You're saying, today, Alex, I need to start brand new. Today, I need forgiveness. Today, I need a relationship with God the Father. If that's you, at the count of three, you raise your hand. One, two three raise your hand all across this tent all across this auditorium hands raised up everywhere i see you i see you i see you god bless 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 you amazing god bless you back there god bless you come on raise it up as high as you can if you're saying today i need jesus today i'm starting brand new oh come on church can we get up on our feet Come on, can we give Jesus a big hand tonight? All these hands that were raised all across this tent. Today you're going to start a relationship with the God who loves you. And I'm going to say a simple prayer and all I want you to do is repeat this prayer after me. With all you've got, I want you to say this with me from the bottom of your heart. I believe that God is here tonight. The Bible says that he will give us new life and eternal life. Come on, if we could all close our eyes, bow our head. Hands that were raised up all across this auditorium. If you raise your hand, you can raise it up again and say this prayer with me. In fact, the whole church, we're going to say it with you together. Say, Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life, be my Lord, and be my Savior. From today on, I am saved, I am healed, I am delivered, and I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We hope today's message has encouraged you. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel or visit us at calvaryconnect.com for more information. Till next time.